the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here within the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does a bit of chastising, as we'll see today, blind leaders of the blind, next on Abounding Grace. It's a term that I think many of us have used at least once or twice. Ah, they're just the blind leading the blind. Fact is, it's taken from Scripture, Luke 6 to be specific. Welcome to today's broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. We're continuing our look at Luke 6 and the Sermon on the Mount. Found here within this sermon is a caution, a warning, if you will, about those who would pretend to see but are actually blind, and all they do is make others around them just as blind. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Blind leaders of the blind. I want to begin my message today by asking you a question. Are you a true disciple of Jesus Christ on your way to heaven or a lousy hypocrite on your way to hell? I ask you this very unsubtle question because by these three little simple parables, you will be able to distinguish in your own heart and mind whether you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ and therefore on your way to hell, on your way to heaven, or whether you are just plain disciple, plain at being a Christian, and you're a hypocrite who's on your way to hell. Now, if these three parables were not put together here, and you were to examine each one separately, you would not think of them as having a similar theme. On the surface, there doesn't appear to be much that's related to one another until you really give them a good study. But as you shall see, Luke intends us to link these parables together. Now, Luke has been recording Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and now here he himself breaks in. In verse 39, with one little statement impressing us with the fact that what is about to follow is a unit. And in this new section of the Sermon of Jesus Christ, this unit, we have explained to us the true relationship between Christ and his disciples what a real disciple looks like. And he does so so to protect us from falling into the pit of hypocrisy and insincerity. Now, these three stories are simple ones. A blind man can't lead a blind man, or they will both fall into a pit. Here you have a blind man holding the hand of another blind man, trying to lead him across Highway 880 at 5 p.m. Now, that's comical on the surface, 
but it's deadly in the end. And then comes the second story where Jesus says, a student will never be above his teacher, though if he is fully trained, he will be like his teacher. And then the third parable is the story of this guy with a log sticking out of his eye. He's addressing another guy with a splinter sticking in his eye. And the guy with the log in his eye is criticizing the guy with the splinter in his eye. Either he's not aware of the log that's in his eye or he's not willing to simply remove that log out of his own eye. Now there you have three, believe it or not, closely related stories. The first is about the blind leading the blind. The second is about true followers of true teachers. Now, of course, here Christ is not blind, and therefore, if you follow him rather than blind leaders, you will not yourself be blind. You will be able to see clearly because from Christ, of course, you're going to have the truth. What is it that causes blindness in followers and in teachers? Well, here in the story, it actually says it's the log sticking out of our own eyeballs. So you see how all these three little parables fit together to teach us the true meaning of discipleship, as well as the truth about hypocrisy in the lives of those who are members of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's begin to look at each one of these stories. The first is in verse 39, and we'll actually get no further than this story today. And he says, And he also spoke a parable to them, to them, A blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Will they both not fall into a pit? Uh, Jesus is here rebuking the blindness of the Pharisees as well as the blindness of all those others who have come ever since. Nothing is more tragic, beloved. Nothing can be more embarrassing than people thinking that they can see when in reality they are blind and in their illusion try to act as leaders and guides to those who themselves are also blind. The whole picture here is one of deception, stupidity, and actually deadliness. And that was the fatal delusion of the scribes and the Pharisees in Jesus' day. They thought they could see. Come, we'll tell you what God is like. We'll we'll tell you how to get along with with God. We'll tell you how to be successful in this life. And we'll, we'll tell you how to solve all your problems. We'll tell you how to figure out life. Follow us. We see clearly. When in fact they were blind as they could be. And their blindness was self-willed. It was self-inflicted. It was deliberate. In the heart of these men, as with all blind teachers and blind leaders, there was a determined opposition to light and to sight that we get from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blind teachers always choose darkness rather than light because their deeds are always evil. And they are audacious enough to call their blindness light. They willfully suppress the truth in unrighteousness. You see, in these Pharisees, in teaching what they did and in criticizing Jesus as they did, they knew better than to teach what they were teaching. 
It's not that they couldn't believe Jesus because his demands were too high or the truth that he taught was too complicated. It is that they would not believe Jesus because they didn't want to give up their own self-love and their own sense of self-righteousness and their self-pride and their self-esteem. So as a result, they were blind. They pretended they could see. They said, we offer the truth about God and life. But the fact is that they could not see at all. Now, what happens to blind teachers? What happens to leaders who don't believe the word of God, but nevertheless try to instruct people in the nature and life and the nature of God and how to get along in this life? The Bible says that blind leaders and their blind followers both fall into a pit. Now, when Jesus uses that word pit, he has in mind the pit of hell. So that blind people leading blind people across Highway 880 at 5 o'clock may seem comical on the surface, but it has a deadly end to it. And the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking of the fatal result of spiritual blindness that is self-induced, and self-caused because of self-love and a sense of self-righteousness. And he says, not only will these blind guides themselves perish, but all those who allow themselves to be influenced by these blind guides will themselves be blind and will perish with their blind guides. Now, beloved, those are strong words. Notice that as far as Jesus is concerned, those who are blind by false teachers and preachers are not viewed here as poor, helpless victims, but as responsible human beings who should know better than to allow themselves to be led along by blind leaders of the blind. So, so what is happening here? Well, you have someone teaching about life, saying, here is how to solve your problems. Here's how you can understand life. But, but none of it is based on the Word of God. And therefore, Jesus declares this leader blind, though he professes to see. And that type of blindness will send him to hell, he says. Then when people put themselves under his influence to try and find enlightenment, it really brings deeper blindness to them. And unless they break free from that false teacher, that blind leader's influence, they will themselves go to hell with their blind leader. When the blind lead the blind, both fall into the pit. Now, there are warnings in these three parables. Warnings to those who are the followers of Pharisees and people like the Pharisees. Jesus says to those who are, in fact, blinded by the Pharisees and those who reject the Word of God or, or choose for themselves what they want to believe in the Word of God, who follow the word of man, he tells them to leave your teachers who are blind and who will lead you to hell. And then after telling them to leave their teachers, he says in verses 46 through 49, come to me. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which buildeth a house upon a rock. 
that can withstand all the storms of life. Now, that is a bold statement on Jesus' part. And it is an unequivocal statement. It allows for no exception. Jesus says, if you pay attention to the teachings of anyone who is teaching anything contrary to my worldview, you will be blind and you will go to hell. And your only way to be saved is to devote yourself totally and completely to me. Give yourself to me, Christ says. Surrender your minds to me and follow my teachings alone. Build your house upon me as your foundation and you will live and you will be saved. And the other way is suicide. That is one of the most offensive things about biblical Christianity in the 21st century. It's okay in many circles to be a fundamental Christian and believe the obscure things that the world says. But then when you start pressing Jesus and you say, there is no salvation outside of Christ, then you become some kind of embarrassment. People will step away. But here you have an unequivocal statement of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is saying to people, do not allow yourself to be influenced by false teachers, by blind leaders who don't base what they teach upon the word of God alone. Rather, devote yourself to me, he says. Surrender your life. Commit your life to me and my word. Build your life upon me, and then you'll know that you've been saved. Well, it's not only a warning to simply followers of Christ. It is also a warning to those who are leaders and teachers in the kingdom of God. Jesus is not only warning his disciples to be careful whom they follow. He is also warning them to be just as careful in their leading and in their guiding and their teaching of others because the Christian beloved cannot hope to act as a guide or a teacher to others unless he sees clearly where he is going. If a professed Christian is blind because he's possibly new to the faith or simply just not a diligent student of God's Word, he should never, ever, ever give advice. He should never counsel anyone. He should never try and teach anyone about how life works. When a Christian takes a leadership role, counseling, teaching, guiding in the church, which encompasses all kinds of situations, whether in a classroom or on a one-on-one basis, he must, he must be able to see clearly before he becomes audacious enough to take any on any of the responsibilities of a leader. If you are blind, I don't care how sincere you are in trying to help people, you are only going to make people less able to see. A nice way of saying blind. Make sure that you see things clearly from God's Word. Make sure your life is what it should be. Make sure there are no blind spots in your life before you undertake counseling anyone, to warn anyone, to witness to anyone, to teach anyone, to guide anyone, including, beloved, your own children. 
Because if you love your children, parents, and yet you have blind spots and you're teaching it to your children, you will make your children blind. You've got to know God's Word and how to apply it. And the only way that's going to happen is if you are in the Word of God and you are studying it and meditate upon it and not simply giving little devotions every day. Turn to Romans chapter 15. Paul here is literally saying the same thing, but he's saying it another way, and he's doing it just as strongly. Romans 15, 13, and 14. Paul says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish or counsel one another, competent to counsel one another which actually is the title of a best-selling book by a very well-known Newthetic counselor, Jay Adams. And Newthetic counseling is biblical confrontational counseling. Jay Adams, a great counselor, and I highly recommend this book to you. It is called Competent to Counsel. If you're going to be competent to counsel, which every Christian, you hear me? Every Christian should be able to do. If you're going to be in a position to give effective guidance to people, to help them see straight, there are certain qualifications Paul says you have to have in your life. And if you don't have these qualifications in your life, you will not only be incompetent to counsel, you will be a blind leader of the blind. What are those qualifications? Well, first of all, in verse 13, it says you've got to be filled with hope. You've got to be a man or a woman or even a young person of hope. You've got to have confidence that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And no matter how bizarre and how crazy and how evil sin may be, the grace of God can overcome it, beloved. It forgives it and transforms the person's life that's being perverted by the sin. If you don't have hope in Christ and believe that Christ is greater than all our sins, and yet you try to help and counsel someone, you're just going to lead them into greater darkness and deeper blindness. You've got to be full of hope. Not only that, it says in verse 14, I myself am also convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness. You know, if you read all kinds of books and you've got a good intellectual understanding of things, but your life is not full of goodness, you're going to lead people into darkness. Now, what do I mean by goodness? It's a Christ-like character. It's a loving spirit as we've been studying. It's a generous spirit. It's a character that is brought into conformity to the Word of God. If you are not full of goodness and seeking to apply it to your life, the things you learn in the Word of God, then when you give advice to other people, you are not going to have the wisdom that you need to tell them the right thing. Oh, you may have the knowledge, but you won't have the wisdom. And Paul talks about that in Colossians 1, where he also talks about counseling people, and he adds a qualification in which he said, you've got to be full of wisdom. 
Well, let me tell you, beloved, if you're full of goodness, you will be full of wisdom. If you are seeking to apply the Word of God to your life and live the way the Bible says to live, there will develop within you an insight into the way things really are in this world, and you will have a developing skill to know how to do with this knowledge and how to apply it to your everyday life so that you can solve the problems that you face day to day. That's wisdom. But if you're not full of goodness... If you're not seeking to be good and you're not seeking to apply the Word of God to your life, you may have a lot of knowledge. But if you have no wisdom, you will say the wrong things and you very possibly will say it in such a way that it has absolutely no power. And as a result, your advice will be wrong And you will make the person you are giving advice to even blinder than when he came to you in the first place. But not only must you be filled with hope and goodness and wisdom. Look what else it says in verse 14. And concerning you, my brother and myself also, and convinced that you yourself are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. This is the knowledge that you get only from the Word of God, filled with that knowledge, the content of Scripture, of who God is and how we are to know Him and what His character is and what His will is for each and every one of us. If you are not knowledgeable in the Word of God, you will be a blind leader of the blind. If you just give the Bible a a hit and a miss, a haphazard reading, maybe just some little quiet time for five minutes every evening, and it doesn't get any deeper than that for you. There's no real effort on your part to really wrestle with the Word of God, trying to truly know what it says, expanding your understanding of it. Then when you try to guide others through life, including your children, you are going to make them blind. You are going to be a blind leader of the blind, and both of you will end up in the pit. So if you're going to be a Christian leader, and every single one of you should be a leader in your community, or at least in your family, or a Christian guide or a teacher, you've got to make sure that you are not blind. In other words, you don't lack biblical wisdom, you don't lack hope, You don't lack goodness, and you don't lack biblical knowledge. And then, of course, Jesus has been telling us throughout verses, through through verses 27 and 28 of Luke 6, that if you lack love, you can't guide others either. Without love, you will be blind. If you don't have love and a real concern and compassion for those who are going through the struggles of life, your advice will be fragile at best because it will be impersonal. It'll be icy cold and others will be repulsed by it. And that will push them into deeper darkness. Those who are going to exercise any kind of leadership, any kind of guidance or counseling in Christ's kingdom, and that means all of us, they must possess two things, or they will be blind leaders of the blind. They must possess orthodoxy of doctrine and orthodoxy of life. You've got to be orthodox in what you believe, 
If you don't believe the right things, beloved, which things come from the word of God alone, you cannot see. Oh, you may think you see. You may be arrogant enough in your blindness to call your darkness light. But if there is not orthodoxy of doctrine in your life, you are blind. And if you have orthodoxy of doctrine without orthodoxy of life, you are just simply a scholastic that isn't doing anyone any good at all. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408. 408- That's 408-866-5607. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. Midweek services, 7.15 Wednesday evenings, again, at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Again, directions and information can be found at 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. (music) 